What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Batman News Weekly, number 10 milestone freaking episode here, ladies and gentlemen. Season 1, episode 10. And do we have a doozy to talk about today? Because it has finally happened. We have been cast, or I should say she has been cast, and that is Catwoman, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Juice Box, or Juice Wayne, whatever you want to call me. And then we got Fanboy Clay here. We're going to jump right into this, and we're going to talk about this Catwoman casting. If you follow my YouTube channel, Bat from the Box, you know that I've already made a video about this. I started off very, uh, you know, sad <laughs> in that video because Catwoman is not Issa Gonzalez, ladies and gentlemen. It is not my person that I want it to be freaking Catwoman. It's not even Latina. It is actually... The rumored person originally, or the type that they were going after, Zoe Kravitz. So Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman. And uh, yeah, Clay, uh, I'll give my thoughts after you give yours. You know, I was meh with this. I told you this at mm -hmm. work. And the big thing was, and I don't, I don't want to say this thinking, or with everybody thinking, oh, he just doesn't like uh, her as an actor. I haven't seen her in a whole bunch of stuff, to be completely honest. Uh, the only thing that I've seen her most in is Big Little Lies, and that's only within passing when my wife is watching it. And every single time I see her, she is more of like, it's, I don't even know how to explain it. She doesn't have a whole lot of roles. It's just she's a presence in that show. And yeah. I know that she is very vulnerable in that show. She has uh, a I think she spoilers for whoever's watching that show. I guess because I that show's over. So yeah, um, <laughs> she's the chick that pushes Skarsgård down the freaking stairs and kills him. But uh, you know, other than that, all that is basically just built up into anxiety in the show, and she doesn't really say a whole lot. So when I see that she was announced for this movie, I was like, meh. And I even made the comment it to you is I think she will be a Michelle Pfeiffer like esque performance. Like she will attempt uh -huh. to be like Michelle Pfeiffer, which is something that I don't want. I don't want somebody yeah. to be like, ooh, this person did a really good job, so I'm gonna try to be like them. I really hope that she owns the role and and is somebody who is going to make it her own. But I, you know, I was in the same ballpark with you. With wanting a Latina to, you know, take this role. Uh, we know that uh, Geeks Worldwide was announcing that, you know, the five people that they were looking at, she wasn't even on it. So, mm. you know, I th I think that this was basically, and a lot of people are like, oh, this isn't true, and people are in denial. But even Geeks Worldwide was saying that Matt Reeves wanted a Zo uh, Zoe Kravitz type. and who That was actually reported from The Wrap. Oh, first. okay. Well, I mean, so. who who better to be a Zoe Kravitz type than Zoe Kravitz herself, you know? Yeah, and the reason why they were saying that was because apparently they thought she was going to be busy with Fantastic Beast, which, damn it, she's not, which, unfortunately, <laughs> because... So I'm going to go ahead and tell the backstory of this again. If you haven't seen my YouTube video about this, I did cover about like what kind of was happening on this. So apparently there was about five people that were have read for the role or actually got to test with Robert Pattinson. One was Isa Gonzalez. The other was obviously Zoe Kravitz. Then it was Ana de Armos, who you can see her in Blade Runner 2099. 99, is that what yeah. it was? Uh, you can see her in that. Then Ella 
something Blinska, I think is her name. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. never heard that person before, so I don't know who that was. And then, uh, crazy enough, Zazie Beats apparently was also somebody that was rumored. I don't think she read though. No, she did. I think she, she was. She, just, she did. Yeah, I believe she tested as well. But the only thing that stopped her from pursuing that role any further was her commitments to Atlanta. To Atlanta. Yeah. Which is the Childish Gambino, aka Donald Glover show. Yes. Um. And uh, yeah, so that would have been crazy if Zazie Beats would have got it. And we mentioned that on this podcast when we first talked about the rumor of the black uh, actress that could possibly be being Catwoman. Was I was surprised Zazie Beats wasn't on this. Yeah. Like, and I'm very surprised that uh, my original pick, which I'm totally forgetting her name right now, but um, damn, I'm forgetting her name completely. Oh, uh, uh, the singer, uh, right? The singer. Yeah, 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 the singer. God, I do this every time. Is it Janelle uh, something? Bon- Janelle, Mo- Janelle Monet. Yeah, yeah. I'm very surprised. Like she wasn't on the list because I thought she would have been great. But uh, yeah, well, this will be very interesting. So I, so apparently, yeah, it came down to Isa Gonzalez and uh, Zoe Kravitz, and apparently Zoe Kravitz just did better. And yeah, I was kind of like Clay too. I was like, Mwah. I was like really cheap. And if it's funny, if you follow me on Twitter, I only pop up on Twitter now to talk about the bad <laughs> Like that's literally all I do is like I sign on through my web browser, I make some comments, and I get off and I disappear for another two months until there's another thing. Uh, that's just because I just feel like I need to rant about it. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of this just because I was somebody that really wanted a Latina. But knowing that two Latinas actually had shots at this, I was like, I was like, okay, like that's a little bit better than just like, we're just going to give it to Zoe Kravitz. Like at least they had auditions. So at this point, I could say that, you know, Isa Gonzalez wasn't the best choice or she just didn't, I guess, fit the role in Matt Reeves's eyes. And at that point, you can't really get mad at something. Um, I'm just happy that she had a shot. Unfortunately, it didn't go that way. And Zoe Kravitz actually won this role. Now, I will say, because a lot of people are like, well, I'm on the same boat. I haven't seen her in anything besides Fantastic Beasts. Then people mention, they're like, "Uh, haven't you seen X-Men First Class or Mad Max Fury Road? Wow. And I have seen both of those films. I completely forgot she was in. She, okay, so in First Class, she was the chick with the wings. I don't remember that. Wow. I completely forgot about that. Totally yeah, in, in X-Men First Class, that. I remember the beach scene, and that's it. That's all I remember. Like th- That movie didn't have a huge impression on me, to be honest. But at the same time, who the hell was she in Mad Max Fury Road? In Mad Max like, Fury Road, she was one of the three girls that they saved from what she's were like they? The virgin ones? Yeah, not the mayor. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's one of those girls. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I was like, maybe she's one of the older ladies that was a, in the motorcycle. No, no, no. She was one of the like the virgin girls. Yeah. Yeah, and again, those those girls besides the two like blonde ones didn't talk that much. No. So like very again, very small roles, and yeah. I I think that she reprised her role for X Men the very next. Mm-hmm. Uh, movie, but other than okay. Future uh, Pass, yeah, other than that, I don't think she was in Apocalypse or uh, in, I guess the most recent one, Dark Phoenix. Yeah, I don't know. I don't plan on watching that ever. <laughs> so, but, but she might be in there. But who knows? I, I, real quick, I just, I just honestly want to look because now I'm just yeah, curious. So I'm looking up her I, IMDb right now. Okay, while you do that, um, yeah, so she is going to be the next Catwoman. I, again, I don't really care at this point uh, because I was kind of already mentally prepared. that I was like, all right, they're just going to cast a black actress for this. I wanted a Latina, but at least 
Isa Gonzalez and my runner-up, if Isa didn't get it, Ana de Armos actually read for the role, apparently. And I guess they just didn't have the chemistry with Robert Pattinson or they just weren't what Matt Reeves was looking for. But it did kind of seem like he was kind of set on Zazie Beats or Zoe Kravitz because that's what a lot of people have been reporting. So it looks like he kind of had it in his mind. Did you bring it up? Yeah, so guess what? She is what? reprising her role as Catwoman because mm-hmm. she was the voice of Catwoman in the Lego Batman movie. Yeah, everybody's been bringing that she up. She had one so. line in the Lego Batman movie, apparently. So there's yeah. that. Um, something that I may have seen her in is Insurgent. Uh, mm, that was it. Uh, it was part of the Divergent series. Oh, yeah. did Totally didn't watch it. Yeah. Um, she was in Californication. But everything... A e- bunch of stuff that a lot of people probably haven't seen yeah, is what I we're going to say. I was going to say, ev- because... everything else is very... I guess it, I can't even say indie I because know I want. She had a leading role, is what I want to know. Has she had a leading role in anything? She's not a leading role in Fantastic Beasts. I don't believe so, she has, to be honest. And, and that's not that's, that's of, not me like attacking her in any way. I just yeah, don't think no, that she no. was. I, I'm not saying that at all. I mean, you would. I we don't wow. even know how to have a big role in. She in played this movie. the voice of Mary Jane in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Which Mary Jane? Like the the, only, the redhead. The redhead? Yeah. Um, well, I hope the voice acting can show up in real life because I don't know what she's going to do <laughs> in Catwoman. Oh, that sounds pretty terrible the way I sound that. But, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like we – because at the same thing, like with Isa Gonzalez, when I was looking – she had the look. Like that was not anything you had to worry about. I don't know what style they're going to go with with, uh, you know, Zoe Kravitz at all. Like, I know the the thing called for, like, you know, they're going to do the tight suit, whatever kind of spandex, kind of whatever. But I wonder if they're going to, you know, is she going to wear the hat? Because there are photos out there with her really, with having really short hair. And Selena has had very short hair before. So I'm kind of hoping they do that. But I don't know if Matt Reeves is going to try to, like, oh, you know, because I believe she has, like, dreadlocks at times and stuff. Like, is she going to have dreadlocks in this movie? Or are we going to go the Anne Hathaway route where she has long hair? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm very interested to see what they're going to do and what Matt Reeves is planning on doing. Because at this point, if you're... My biggest thing, too, when it comes to changing characters' ethnicities, I know a lot of people hate it. They're like, I want to be comic book accurate. I have no problem with changing the ethnicities, but you have to be m- even that more comic book accurate with the character's personality. So I just hope Matt Reeves isn't trying to change Selena Kyle and trying to make her something that she's not. So I'm really hoping that she is going to be a thief and like all this other stuff. And that's just basically where it's going to be. And she's going to have this, you know, relationship with Batman. So that's going to be my biggest thing. But uh, yeah, with the casting, like I said, I don't know. I don't really have a huge opinion on it because I don't know her from really anything. Like in Fantastic Beasts, she doesn't have a big part. Now, you could say the same thing about Isa Gonzalez, though. Because I have not seen Asa Gonzalez be a star in anything either. She's in a lot of big movies, though. I don't know how big her part's going to be in Bloodshot, which the trailer should be dropping any day now, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, But at the same time, uh, she had a, you know, she was a supporting cast member in Baby Driver. Uh, she was in some movie about, like, I don't forget what it's called, but it she, she was, was like in a doll uh, she, brought to life. She was in with, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, she was in Hobbs and Shaw, but she was in there for, like, a minute or two like she yeah. was just yeah she had like two or three scenes in Hobbs and Shaw and that was it and um yeah so she's not she's basically in the same boat as Zoe Kravitz 
But uh, yeah, so I'm just hoping that she just has killer chemistry. At this point, I've learned not to judge uh, people who get just roles you don't think they're going to do good for or they're not suited for because, you know, some of the best people have just kind of blown your mind. So I think I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. I hope she knocks it out of the park as well. But uh, yeah, I was when I heard the casting, I was like, eh, okay, whatever. Yeah, for sure. But that's it for for that part um, of that. And I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. I think I'll be one of those things like once I see the trailer or once I see her in the suit, I'll be like, damn, that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, but going on from there, uh, we're going to jump over to another bit of Batman news that actually dropped today, or I should say the day we're recording this. And that is that apparently Jonah Hill is out of the running for a role in the Batman. And uh, this is apparently broken from Deadline. Yes. You said, right? Exclusive from Deadline. Mm-hmm. Reporting that Jonah Hill is no longer in the Batman. Now, I don't think there's any reason that he's not in it in that article. Yeah, no, it doesn't say that uh, any reason. It just says we heard that uh, he was interested. Okay, no, no, no. That's that's other news that is attached to this. But, um, yeah, it doesn't really say any reason why. Uh, it says here that, you know, just some of his roles that kind of push him in the oh, it would be really good to have him in here because he is, you know, twice uh, Oscar nominated. Yeah. You know, they just say that he is no longer in talks to play the villain in Warner Brothers' reboot of The Batman. So Yeah, so other other articles going along with this have said that, you know, he was up for Penguin or Riddler. Other people say that he WB wanted him for Riddler, mm-hmm. which a lot of people felt like that was just a little too far stretched for him. They think he would be such a better Penguin. A lot of people, I even heard some people saying that he wanted to be Penguin, but not the Riddler. But they he was trying to get them to switch the role. And then, of course, other people were saying that he wanted $10 million for his role and might be the reason why he's no longer in this well, movie. Well, when they, when they first broke it, I think that number was $13 million. And then it came out that it was only 10, min, uh, 10 million. And I just think, I understand that with actors that have a lot of clout, that's going to bring audiences over, uh, especially these guys that are Oscar nominated or Oscar winners and things like that. I understand that you can be like, oh, well, because I've won, you know, these and I've, yeah. I've been nominated for this, I deserve more. But you're a supporting actor in a Batman film. It doesn't matter if this is just some random Oscar bait film with this, you know, uh, actor being the star. This is Batman. Like, people who aren't even interested in comics know who Batman is. You cannot be making more money than Batman. Yeah, well, I mean, if you were, like, the Joker, I guess you could. You know, that might be the only other role. But uh, I mean, we saw that with Joaquin Phoenix. We're not gonna. We probably won't get a Joker for a while. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like that was just really weird. At the same time, too. Like, granted, I'm not Jonah Hill. I don't live. I don't live in that world. But I don't see Jonah Hill as a box office draw. Like, to be honest, like I don't. Recently, he hasn't though. Like, I I understand that he has been in really good movies. But to be honest, in in my eyes. He's kind of been under the radar. He he hasn't been doing a whole lot of stuff. I think since the second Jump Street, I think it was 22 Jump Street, I don't think it did very well, and that kind of just made him be like, okay, I'm going to settle down for a little bit, not going to do anything crazy. And I think that his last 
a big role like like Oscar bait movie. I I think that was just a couple years ago, like three or four years ago, I think. I'm not entirely yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't know if it was Wolf of Wall Street. I know he did this stuff on Netflix, and I, I mean, like I said, I don't keep up with him. I don't see, like, it's not, like, you know when Brad Pitt gets announced to have a new movie? Like, you you know it. Even if you don't care to go see it, you yeah. know Brad Pitt's yeah. coming out with a new movie. Like, I had no idea what the hell Ad Astra is, but I know Brad Pitt's in it. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Those are box office draws. Like, you know the next Margot Robbie movie that's coming out and stuff like that, box office draws. And uh, I've never considered Jonah Hill as that, so... If anything, in those movies for Twenty One Jump Street, I think I thought J- Channing Tatum was the one that was the box office draw in those. So it's just like you know. I, but again, he's you know he's a well known actor, and I guess maybe he's able to command that kind of money. But apparently, WB is like nah. Yeah, and you know I was getting comfortable with the idea of seeing Jonah Hill in a Batman movie, and. You know, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording at work. It's starting to seem like WB is wanting to break the mold for your, you know, normal aesthetic for a superhero film. Pattinson is Batman. Didn't even think that would be a thing. And so, you know, we have those really weird castings like Jonah Hill. And like I was going to read here, even Deadline says, we heard that there was interest from the production in Seth Rogen for the role of the Penguin. However, I hear no offers or talks occurred. So, you know, we talked about this before. Like I said, it seems like WB is basically telling the studio or like the execs are telling Matt Matt Reeves or just stating, hey, let's just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. And Yeah, I don't know if that's the case. I feel like Matt Reeves is actually somebody that cares about actors. Now, I could say that that's probably why Issa got her audition, mm-hmm. because she is a big WB actress, because she is going to be in Godzilla. I think she's probably been in some other of their movies. And WB is a company that likes to keep going back to the same actors, because they know how they are, they can work with them, they like them, blah, blah, blah. And since she's going to be in Godzilla, maybe that's why, you know, they wanted to be like, oh, yeah, you know, everybody also wants you to be Catwoman. So let's bring you in for an audition. But I don't think that they're just trying to be different for the sake of being different. Um, that's I do think probably part on Matt Reeves. See, this is a this is a double edged sword, sword, right? So like Matt Reeves is probably somebody that is big supporter of diversity. That's why we're seeing Gordon is going to be Jeffrey Wright. And we're getting Zazie Beats as, you know, Catwoman. And he's like, all right, here, I'm being diverse. But it's, you know, he is a white guy, so he's probably like, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm helping out, you know. But it to people that are Latino or, you know, Asian or anybody else that doesn't get a lot of, you know, representation on the big screen, we're like, this isn't diverse, man. Like, this is just black and white. Like, that's all you're doing. And, um, you know, it's cool to see that. But, you know, if you're going to go out there and you're going to, you know, actually do crazy different things, then, you know, I guess really try to go out there and do a bunch of different crazy things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Seth Rogen would be a crazy move, in my opinion. And I think Seth Rogen's also one of those people that you don't see characters in Seth Rogen. You see Seth Rogen. Oh, yeah. And, definitely. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he would be good for this film. But... I will say that Seth Rogen is somebody that could kill it behind the camera in these kind of films because he's made a lot of cool comic book stuff, but I don't think he should be a on-screen comic book character. Yeah, and I've been kind uh, of scrolling around uh, Twitter just because, you know, this is kind of big news. We saw this actor being a... T- like, this is this is the one movie that everybody is just like, 
er, like just wanting yeah. that information from. And so just how people are, if one person jumps off of a role, they do fan castings. Um, yeah. One name, and I'm pretty sure it's just because of his movie being announced and there being a trailer out. A lot of people are throwing out Adam Sandler. No, ugh. Yeah. As Penguin? No. That's, that would be terrible. It too. sounds super weird. Um, yeah. I. Although I do like his more serious acting, to be honest. But no, I just don't see him. Because again, you just see Sandler. Yeah, like, you see Sandler, just... not the you know character, especially a big character like these iconic comic book characters yeah. that have history. If it was just yeah. a made up character then I could probably see him attempt it. But yeah, to be sure. a comic book property, it's a little bit harder. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I do want to – I just got to gotta kind of throw this out there right now because I feel like I'm very low energy right now, and I want to put that out there in the podcast, <laughs> and I feel like my thoughts on this podcast are not as on par as they usually are. Uh, I, had a, I had a very short night's sleep. I had a kind of hectic day yesterday. I had a flat – we went to go see Joker again, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we third were time for the third time <laughs> in 35 millimeter and on the way back from the theater i ran something over my tire pretty much not exploded but uh my it went flat instantly and uh, i luckily was able to go back to my job where we have tools and stuff and i was up for like three extra hours or something just trying to get my freaking tire fixed and i didn't sleep well and i had to deal with all that yesterday so uh, apologies in advance. For oh, that and and I may I, like- I may sound like an asshole, but like I when I sent you that text of oh do you need help? I was praying that you wouldn't have to make me <laughs> yeah. get out of bed. Yeah. I was already in bed. I was like oh no, yeah. Do you need no. help? Question mark. <laughs> Please say no. No, like yeah, it sucked. <laughs> but I mean, luckily I made it to work, so I knew I was in an area that I was comfortable with. Had I been in an area I was not comfortable with, I would have been like, yeah, just come chill. Like, I'll do the work. <laughs> just like, you know. But luckily I was in an area I was okay with. Uh, but yeah, I just, because I feel like I'm, I'm talking a lot about like the Zazie Beat stuff and like the casting and diversity and stuff. And I feel like it might be coming off wrong, but it's not how it is. I just feel like my brain's just not functioning 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I want to make that disclaimer now before somebody's like, oh, me, 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 in the comments. But again, I just think with some of these roles or some of these actors, I don't think that it's the best idea. It's for Seth Rogen's case. I think, Z- I mean, that's, I said Zazie Beats and Zoe, I think she's going to end up killing it. And I think she's going to surprise people. One other crazy fact about Zoe that we've found out recently is she is the stepdaughter to Jason Momoa, who's only 10 years older than her, which I was just like, what? So Aquaman is Catwoman's stepfather, uh, in case you guys didn't know that uh, fact. So. That's really interesting. Uh, but we were going from jumping from Batman News Talk. That's all we got for that movie right now. Uh, let's jump over quickly to Joker since we just saw it again recently. We don't have any new thoughts. We were kind of talking about different theories that might still be happening with the film. Still great after three showings, in my opinion. But uh, tonight or tomorrow night, Joker is supposed to be crossing $600 million worldwide. And this film is rumored to have cost $55 million to make. Yeah. So uh, it is making crazy amounts of money. I don't think it got a lot. Of, I don't even think they did that much on promotion either. So they probably yeah didn't spend that much on promotion either because the controversy is what's selling this movie. Like we had cops in the theater. You had people saying that like, oh, my God, this is going to make freaking crazy white boys want to go shoot up schools, which I thought was so ridiculous to make that kind of argument. And I think 
when you have stuff, and we've seen this on YouTube, we've seen this in Celebrity World, when you make something, when you blow something up so much out of proportion, you have all those people that are like, I'm going to go support that because I think it's stupid that people are blowing this out of proportion. And I guarantee you there's a good amount of people that watched the movie just for that. And then they were like, this is a hella damn good movie. And I want to watch it again or something like that. So I do have the box office mojo numbers uh, as of October 15th. So as of technically two days ago, it is a domestic total of 208,909,478. That is domestic. Mm -hmm. You said, you know, rumored production budget here says 55. We won't know that until after, of course. But yeah. uh, worldwide, as of two, uh, October 15th, 563609478 dollars. Yeah, so it doesn't have two days. But also, it has genres, franchise, and charts. Genres, comic book adaptation, it is number 42 on that list. Controversy, it is on number, th- mm-hmm. it is number three. On the controversy genre. It is uh, ranked 10 on the DC brand. Apparently, because it's a villain movie, it's a showdown between Joker, Venom, and Logan. It is still ranked number 3, which... I don't know how the hell Logan's a villain movie, but all right. Yeah. Uh, Top movies in the past 365 days. It is top 10. It is uh, in the top 10 at number 10. Uh, Opening weekends in October, number one, of course. And opening weekends in the fall, it is number two. Yeah. So, you know, Joker's killing it, basically. Will it get the third weekend? I don't know. Zombieland comes out this weekend. Uh, Zombieland might be a cult classic film, so it might not do gangbusters. And Joker might still be able to win. But I do feel like Joker is not going to get the third weekend, but I still will more than likely have a good showing because I have I have a few friends at work that haven't seen it yet, and they say they plan on going. I went to the dentist yesterday, and uh, the dentist, I was talking to this chick at the dentist, and she hadn't seen it, but she wanted to go see it, and she was like, I'll probably go watch it this weekend. So there's still a lot of people that want to watch it and that are still thinking and talking about this film. So I do think there's going to be a lot of stragglers that just go end up watching it at a later date. And, uh, yeah, and crazy thing about this, too, is it does not have a China release, more than likely not going to have a China release. So you could have probably, if it did get released in China, you could have probably added, like, another $100 million on top of that. So that's insane. So moving on from Joker, I'm going to let Clay talk about this next part, is because uh, apparently we might be getting some more DC shows on HBO Max. Yes, so, uh, of course, me and Juice both follow... Uh, a couple people within the scoop territory of journalism. Uh, that being, they're not always perfect. Not always perfect, of course. Uh, majorly, we look at uh, Geeks Worldwide is one that we usually look at. Um, they've been semi-accurate on a lot of their things, but one yeah. thing that uh, this journalist Thomas Polito posted, and he is uh, basically saying that it was announced. At uh, MIPCOM, which is basically like a CinemaCon, uh, they just share what TV shows, movies, every- and everything else will be on their streaming service, on their TV channels, things like that. Saying that DC shows will be announced for HBO Max in a couple weeks. So, we were talking about this before we started recording. We're not sure if that means that the DC shows from the DC Universe will eventually just be pushed into 
HBO Max and make DC Universe a uh, comic book app, or if there will be just you know random new shows of DC put into HBO Max with a bigger budget. I can I honestly would be okay with both. Um, with both scenarios, I would much rather you know the latter with you know DC. Uh, having just newer, high-budgeted stuff because I do still like DC Universe and I want there to be a good amount of content because, like we were talking about, also, if it was just a DC Comics app, I would still use it because I like reading older books. But not a lot of people would want to just keep that. It's almost like a Marvel Unlimited. It would be a cheaper Marvel Unlimited, but, you know, not a lot of people are into that. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be one of those things because I did ask somebody at Comic-Con. I was like, so are all these shows just going to move to HBO Max? Like, I was like, are just going to merge with HBO Max? And the girl said that they were going to be separate. So I'm assuming that they're going to want to try to keep DC Universe as long as they can. Although DC Universe is taking, uh, like, submissions for new shows that are not involving characters but that are original content uh, for unscripted stuff. And so maybe they are going to get the shows taken away and they want to try to create new content. That could also be something that is happening. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think anything's going to change. I think uh, you're still going to have Titans and all those shows on the DC Universe app. But I think maybe eventually they'll be shown on HBO Max. Maybe you'll have access to those. And then I think HBO Max is going to make more grittier stuff like Watchmen and other stuff like that, which I'd be totally okay with. I would love a question show. Give me a crazy mystery question show or just like a cool detective show with other detectives. Um, I'm pretty sure HBO is going to be like, we want something Batman. They're going to say something along those lines and they'll try to make a crazy show. Hell, they, let them do Batman Beyond. Like, I know that they're trying to think about doing like a, uh, you know, an animated Batman Beyond to kind of kind of like into the Spider-Verse. But uh, that's the rumor. But, you know, if. I mean, they do Westworld, and they do a bunch of other crazy stuff, so let them do Batman Beyond. I think that would be pretty awesome. And let them cast Michael Keaton. Like, if we're never going to get the film, let us get a freaking show thing. Give us, like, ten episodes a season. Michael Keaton is Bruce Wayne. Bada bing, bada boom. That would get people to buy that damn app, I think. That would be um, really awesome, actually. I I would enjoy that. Yeah, so just do something really interesting like that, especially, if again, if we're never going to get a Batman Beyond live action film, let's make it a show. A lot of these characters that we're never going to get movies for, make it a show, kind of like Disney Plus is doing on, you know, you know, or I should say kind of like how Marvel is doing on Disney Plus. But uh, yeah, just do stuff like that. I mean, make an actually really dark Green Arrow show or something like that with a new Green Arrow with uh, What's-His-Face or whatever. Uh, maybe not Green Arrow, but you know what I mean. Just something yeah. along those lines of other characters and doing cool stuff like that. Give us a Red Hood show if they want to make a Batman stuff. Like, it would be really cool to see a lot of stuff like that. But burp, sorry. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see what's going on with HBO Max. So if you want more DC content, it looks like HBO Max is going to be giving that to you. Uh, so that is a lot of stuff we have for entertainment news, people. And uh, we're about to jump over to comics. And we have only two Batman titles that we're going to be talking about this week because it was everything seemed to happen last week in comics. And we talked about the best five. We only got two this week. And we're going to start off with Batman Nightfall which is from the Dark Multiverse. If you guys don't know what's going on right now, in DC Comics, they had this big event called Metal, and it introduced the Dark Multiverse, where you probably saw a lot of these characters that look really evil and, uh, uh, you know, what is it? Demon 
Dynamic? I can't even... What the hell's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, demonic? Demonic. There you go. Shit. I couldn't <laughs> think of the word. But uh, they look all crazy and stuff like that. And it's where we've gotten the Batman Who Laughs, and that is a character that everybody seems to know about now. And because uh, he's in everything right now, which is unfortunate because I think I've had a little too much of him. But uh, that's Scott Snyder uh, for you. He's like, you got to buy my stuff. Uh, so uh, we, we've had that. But they're starting to tell these other tales because the Dark Multiverse isn't just Batman related. It's basically every worst nightmare of every superhero in DC Universe. So in this particular one, still dealing with Batman, but it's answering the question of what happens if Azrael never gave back the Batman mantle after, you know, Bruce Wayne came back and after Bane broke his back. And uh, which is really uh, interesting because we are kind of gearing towards a Bane-Batman showdown in the main title right now. So it was cool to get this actually, you know, dark multiverse story. Uh, Clay, what did you think of, you know, Batman Nightfall? This was intense. Now, the one comment that I want to make because it is a very prominent part of this story is that Tales of the Dark Multiverse makes it sound like this is an Elseworlds story. This is, you know, something that isn't in main continuity. But the crazy part is Tempest, the uh, uh, Fuginot of yeah. DC Universe, he is somebody who is basically like a watcher in Marvel. He is looking for heroes amongst the dark multiverse to help with the upcoming crisis so this is something that will probably shock people some of us who are into this realm of getting these books early and always diving deep into what is coming up there has been rumors that next year there will be another crisis if you want to know more about that me and juice this week over at comic book legion will actually be talking about that on our show uh, so go We're recording that after this. Yeah, so go check that out. Um, but there is a rumored crisis in 2020, and this is why uh, Tempest is looking for these heroes. Now, with that said, there is like no hope in the Dark Multiverse. This sh comic shows it, and it was terrifying. Absolutely yeah. terrifying. I love the design of Azrael's uh, Batman costume. It was very reminiscent of the old school one. There was a little bit more red than there was blue on that one. So, really, really cool. Um, the idea that Azrael is still wanting, like, approval from a decaying Bruce Wayne was very weird to me. But... I was like, okay, I'll buy it. Let's see what this is all about. And like you said, this is a world or a Gotham where chaos is controlled, not necessarily even, you know, diminished, but controlled by Azrael. Um, he is, you know, at this time a lot older. And the only way that he is able to keep up with everybody, he actually uses Venom. Which is Bane's venom. Yeah, which is crazy. And we do have vigilantes, sorry, in this Gotham. And we come to find out that it's actually Bane's son, the son of Bane. And yeah. that 
that was a really cool thing. And the reason why it was cool is because he was a metahuman. It's not like he was using Venom. He was born with Venom in his system. Yeah. I thought that... Which I thought it was a little weird, but, I mean, it's comics. Yeah, so. and, like, the way he explains it, it was, oh, well, my father used so much Venom, it became a part of his DNA, which... Yeah. Like he's, which I could see happening. It's, it's comics, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's a story of, you know, chaos. The, the, basically, these vigilantes are making gotham they're trying to take back yeah gotham they're they're revolting is gotham essentially is what's happening yeah and it goes sideways uh we learn that uh shiva right is it shiva yeah, yeah, yeah it's shiva shiva has technology to quote unquote give bruce his body back yeah, and from the league of assassins if you don't know who shiva is she works with Raj, uh, Rachel al pretty much yeah and that's where they get the con- uh the technology technology from and you know, this turns into a Batman team-up to get rid of Azrael. It turns super dark near the end. I'll save that for later. But it, this is definitely something out of the dark multiverse. This, you know, every single time yeah. that you see, oh, there's, you know, some hope for, you know, Death. these characters, it gets quickly taken away. Just awesome. Complete, completely yeah. awesome. Yeah, so actually, so one thing I do want to point out is um, me and Clay actually read this book differently because Clay thought, you thought that Azrael was good, right? Or you thought that What's-His-Name was looking for a hero and he thought it was going to be Azrael? Is that, if no, I'm not mistaken? No, no, no. So I thought that this Batman was going to mm-hmm. be a hero, yeah. That's what I thought. Well, because that's how I read yeah. it, too. So I think that we just got... Oh, but you didn't think about the twist at the yeah. end. You weren't expecting I, that. Oh, I was yeah, I not you. expecting the twist. I thought that this was genuinely, like, Tempest rolled the dice, and it was like, okay, mm-hmm. this Earth, let's see if there's a hero there. And then there was going to, you know, coincidentally yeah. be a hero. Yeah, no, not the case whatsoever. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, going back to this is the reason why uh, Azrael wanted... Or, so, like, it, this is, like, some futuristic, like, steampunk kind of stuff. Like, this is something you would see in Mad Max. So, basically, Bruce's body is, like, it's just decaying, and it's hooked up to these weird machines. Like, his neck is, like, four feet tall, and, like, his brain is in, like, a glass jar, and just, like, half of his face still exists. And he's just hooked up to these, like, metal rods. And he apparently did this to himself. Because as he's talking to Shiva and you no, know, no, 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 he didn't do it to himself. It's, I thought he cut his own arms off. No, no, no. It says that every single time that Azriel uh, didn't give approval to uh, from Bruce, he cut off a limb. Oh, okay, whatever. He doesn't yeah. give approval. He gets his legs cut off or whatever, and they yeah. keep him alive. Um, but I could not know. I'd have to reread it again. But I could have swore the guy was asking. Like, did you really do that? And he was like, yeah, because blah, blah, blah. But whatever. Uh, we'll just go with uh, that. And, uh, yeah, so basically, Azrael wants approval just saying that, like, my way is better than your way. That's all he wants, and Bruce will never admit that. Yeah, it says right here, just real quick, um, when uh, that kid is putting down Bruce, because one thing that is uh, – Bruce is old at this point, super old, and he's having mm-hmm. seizures – this entire time and so you know the kid places him down and he says did he really amputate your limbs one every year 
And then he said, Saint Batman has no conviction. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was Azriel who did this to Bruce. Yeah. So then we have that, and then Shiva comes in, and, uh, you know, Bruce is, or I should say before that, Bruce keeps telling Azriel, like, this isn't going to last forever. Like, people are eventually going to rise up, pretty much. And then that's what stuff starts happening. Like, explosions go off in the city, and that's kind of what distracts, um, you know, Azriel from, you know, not even worrying about Bruce. Because he sees Bruce once a year, apparently, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's when he gets saved. I thought this was Jason Todd before I realized oh, it was yeah. Bane's kid. Yeah, yeah. They, I they, think they purposely do it. I think they personally Yeah, so he looks like he has a red hood, and then it turns out to be Bane's son, and you see him go, like, all aggro and, like, use his powers and shit. And then we see Shiva, and she's like, I have the power to give you your body back, but you have to decide that you you want this. And, uh, they, you know, they basically talk, in, talk him into it, and it's like this crazy technology that involves, like, nanites. Uh, basically, he's kind of like Bloodshot from the Valiant universe is what it seems like. And um, what happens is from there, we see that Batman, Shiva, and, you know, the Bane's kid go to confront, you know, Azrael. And he ends up using all his venom, or he, no, that actually the venom's gone. And he just, like, has to fight him with whatever he has left. And he ends up getting defeated. And that's what we see towards the end. And uh, Batman, you know, kind of says that he, he shows up, and, uh, you know, Asriel thinks he has this, and the whole place kind of explodes, and Bane's kid's, like, basically gonna crush him, but uh, Asriel fights back. And this basically comes down to Batman and Asriel. Oh, no, 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 okay, so Asriel actually gets the upper hand in the fight. Yeah. And actually rips Bane's son's arm off and drinks his blood because it's so infused with venom that he's able to get his boost that he needs to fight Shiva and keep fighting. And then, of course, Batman comes in, uh, and he can, like, he has powers, essentially. And he, like, ends up shocking Asriel. And, uh, you know, I think, is that, is that the giant penny, right? He throws the penny. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he throws this penny on Batman. And what ends up happening is Bane's kid comes back up and ends up stabbing Asriel with his own gauntlet that has, like, flame on it. Yeah. Or it's, like, heated or whatever, and it goes right through Asriel. And then he basically essentially breaks his back, which is the classic iconic photo of batman breaking or batman getting his back broken by bane so bane's son breaks saint batman's back and he's just there kind of like defeated and then um and then they're kind of like talking like oh yeah we won blah blah and this is where it gets crazy that batman just explodes them all and like they just disintegrate into dust so this new batman like you said he uh is like created by like nanites and so These nanites are literally leaving him and going through Shiva and through Bane's son. And you see it, dude. It's like holes inside of their arms, inside of their chest, inside of their head. They are dead. Absolutely dead. And the first sign of this was when they were fighting the henchmen of Mm -hmm. uh, Azrael. At one point, uh, Batman was like, oh, well, technically this isn't killing because of this and one of the guys accidentally cuts the head off of the other henchman so i was like oh Mm -hmm. snap so which if you guys don't know batman would never allow that to happen yeah he 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 would not although it happens in batman begins it's bullshit it should have never happened batman wouldn't let somebody die yeah that's just not how it goes uh so yeah and then and then what we see is batman confronts saint batman which is Azrael. 
And uh, he says that Gotham is his, and I am hers. And uh, yeah, he's basically you. It doesn't show him kill them, right? Oh no, no, he hangs him. He hangs him over a bridge. Yeah, and so, you know this. Uh, at this point, you see Tempest again, and he's like, and that, you know, that was that world. You know, that was terrifying, yeah. and you know, I need to find. I, he is basically saying, I hope that somewhere in here there is a light that can bring hope to, you know, our world and to save our multiverse, basically. And you see that one shot of this new nanite Batman on the bridge with Azrael just hanging there, and I'm pretty sure he's dead. Like, he's got to be. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, everybody's rejoicing because Batman is back. And, uh, you know, if you are somebody that wants to read some twisted Batman stories and some very unique Batman stories, pick up the what do they call them the dark knights right yes. is that what their names yeah. are and uh, i'm pretty sure they have all of them in in like a, a like a catalog thing or like you know like a hardcover yeah so definitely check those out because there are some of the best stories that you'll ever find and if you want to just read some stories where it shows how badass batman is you need to get those because even if it's like he he crosses the line at points because of his contingency plans the best one i will say is the doomsday batman which is what was his name yeah uh, the devastator the devastator yeah so what happens in that one is superman and we're just gonna give you a quick little instance before we move on to the final thing we're gonna talk about but just how awesome these stories are is uh superman's finally like kicking batman's ass in this story and he even says that he's like i don't know why people think that you can beat me every time somebody says that it's you versus me everybody thinks that they'll pick you but, you know, I'm Superman. And he cuts his arm off with his laser vision. And he's like, see, you're nothing to me. And Bruce injects himself with something. And it turns out to be like a doomsday serum. And he turns into doomsday and kills Superman. And it, you're just like, what? Yeah. Like, when I read that, it blew my mind. Because I was like, he has a plan for everything. And it was just awesome. And it, it shows that Batman will do anything he needs to do to win and the, i think the best thing about these stories is yes they are the dark multiverse but still even when they are doing bad things they think they're doing the right thing and i always think that is a pretty interesting concept um even though you know that they're pretty fucked up yeah for sure so uh yeah i highly highly recommend checking out dark multiverse just content in general because it's awesome and i think you'll enjoy it especially if you are a batman fan because metal was low-key a Batman event, like <laughs> no doubt, it was totally a Batman event. Well, no, I I was thinking about uh, I was League. thinking about it earlier today. I feel like Metal should have been a crisis. Yeah, you think so? yeah, it would have, but again, it was done by Scott Snyder, so he was probably like, no, 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 I want to do a crisis event, but I really want to do Metal too. So let's just do two of them. Yeah. So you know, like I said, I mean, there are rumors that there might be a change in upper management in the next few years if something doesn't happen. Uh, that they're thinking might be a good idea, where we think it's going to be a bad idea. And I honestly think Scott Steiner might be the guy that takes over. But that's just my opinion on that. But now we're going to move on to the final issue that we're going to talk about today. And Ooh. this is Batman 81. Now, so I'm going to let Clay talk about this first. So if you guys aren't caught up on this issue, Batman has finally returned to Gotham, and he's about to confront Bane. What happened in the last issue was that it ended with Thomas Wayne, a.k.a. Flashpoint Batman, having to have a decision to shoot Robin, which is Damian Wayne. And that's where it left off. 
And so uh, this is still by Romita Jr., so we're not going to be praising the art too much at all. And uh, But the story, I think, is a lot better this week than it was last week, although Clay has a different opinion on, on this story than I do. But I also think I might have a lot more information on this story than Clay does because I've read multiple issues of these over and over. So I'm going to let him give his thoughts on the issue and then discuss any problems he has with it, and then I'll try to answer the questions after and give my opinion. Yes, so if this is my last episode on this show, I do apologize because <laughs> Juice is about to hate me for so many different reasons. Um, I will tell you I did not like this issue. Um, I want to call BS on some things just because I'm just like, there was no explanation. There was no, like... I just feel like this book was basically Tom King listening to everybody complaining. He's like, here, you want answers? Here. But without the setup for it, that is what I feel came from this issue. And if there was maybe one more issue, like in between, like I hate when Marvel does this, but if there was like an 80.5 and then 81 came out with this, mm-hmm. Cool. Give it to me. That's awesome. And explains, you know, how some of this stuff ended up happening. I'm okay with that. But at this time, I really do feel like this is Tom King saying, fine, I will finally explain everything to you guys. And unfortunately, it didn't come out how I wanted it to. You know, we the the very first, well, not first page, I would say the second page, I actually closed the book. I I closed the book and I was like, get out of town, Tom King, whatever. And then I waited about four hours and then read the book again. That second page, you know, you see Damien still tied up and Thomas Wayne saying, you know what? I can't. I can't do this. Damien is like, oh, well, you irrelevant old man, you are not family. And he's cutting his own, uh, his, his, uh, the ropes that he's tied up in. And he says, the butler was family, father is family, and them, they are family. And you see the entire Bat family, besides Red Hood and oh, Nightwing. Nightwing. Ouch. Rick Grayson. Stop. I. <laughs> but like, as, as soon as I see everybody, I'm like, what? And, mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong. I understand the convenience of last issue, Gotham Girl being out of commission, and then everybody's like, oh, Gotham Girl's out. Let's go in. But mm-hmm. I just, like, there was nothing to really set up those contingencies. No communication. So it just, it's like they disregard, like, to me it sounds like, oh, these guys were just as ignorant as Damien was. Or how we felt Damien was. Because we didn't know at the time that Batman sent Damien in that oh okay well regardless of if Batman is back or if anybody's back we're gonna try to save everybody considering people might die like that I just I didn't like that okay I want you to keep going because I have so many answers to you already <laughs> um we see some horrible art fighting with uh Batman and Catwoman right here uh yeah and then we go back to the fighting with Thomas and they are just going to town beating the absolute shit out of Thomas. And this is what ultimately pisses me off. Because this, the mm-hmm. ending of this book pisses me off. Yeah. So we see them 
beating the crap out of each other. Uh, Batman and Catwoman are walking. We see the Bat family again saying that uh, Huntress says we shouldn't give him mercy while everybody else is saying we should give him mercy. And Thomas Wayne is like, oh, you know, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with my family? What is wrong with my boy? And Huntress is like, you know what? Forget this. This is stupid. I'm going to kill him. And shoots. Thomas Wayne grabs the arrow and stabs freaking Tim Drake with it. Drake. Yeah, sorry. Drake. Kills. <laughs> like, Well, does not kill. Sorry. Should not yeah. say that. But stabs Stab stabs Drake what looks to be right in the chest. Mm-hmm. So everybody's freaking out. And then we see uh, almost a ragdollish Joker. God, that art is horrible. Yeah. But uh, we see Joker with Riddler. Riddler is for some reason holding his holding armor. Yeah. I just I, thought that was weird I just too. noticed that just now. Yeah. No, I saw it earlier. I was like, "Oh, that's weird." And all of a sudden Joker notices Batman and Catwoman. He punches the shit out of Riddler and then transforms mm. into Clayface. Yeah. So, I did say this earlier uh to Juice while we were at work. This does explain last week's episode that I was upset that this isn't really Joker in that yeah. you're the villain. Well, now I know. Yes, it was because Joker was there the entire time while Clayface yeah. was here the entire time. And then we see pictures of the clock at the Wayne Manor. We see uh, Thomas still fighting with everybody. And then we see the confrontation between Catwoman and Batman. And in these last panels, Batman, or I guess the entire book, Batman is explaining Everything that happened with Gotham Girl. Everything. This upset me even more because I feel like this was something that in the case of show, don't tell. Because with the amount of dialogue that was happening with stuff that I was not impressed with in this book, I think that was the majority of it. Like we, The last time I saw really awesome art with Gotham Girl mm-hmm. was with Tony Daniels and then before that we saw in the price like that was decent yeah. art and I was like cool I want to see more of that to see this revelation or even back uh flashback in somebody else's art would have been awesome but instead I have to read it while I look at this disgusting art here and it pissed me off so I was like whatever and you know it comes to the very end Thomas Wayne literally just walks out of the clock doesn't even think about looking like opening it he's just like oh you know i'm just gonna walk through here like he's the freaking hulk trying to walk through a wall and he's like oh i need my tea i need my tea i need tea give me tea okay well everybody keeps forgetting i'm batman and then unfortunately we get really awesome art by uh mitch gerard's with the legion of doom symbol and that just bothered me even more so my big gripes The Bat family had the upper hand in that fight, and I think it's fucking stupid that Thomas Wayne just walks out. Absolutely. Okay. Okay, so I do want to clear up at the ending at the end. So, okay, well, actually I'm not because I have to explain everything else first. So, one, with your Thomas Wayne comment right now, uh, again, we had a big conversation about this before. That Batman still technically, I made, I was making this huge issue because a lot of people, it seems like Bane is going to get beat in the next issue, and the final two issues are going to be about Batman versus Thomas is what it's seeming like from the solicits. 
So everybody, I was asked, telling Clay about this a while back, that I think it's going to come out to be that Thomas Wayne's actually the bigger villain here than Bane. And it's because it's more of like a father versus son thing. And Bruce, in this whole Tom King run, has not been able to beat his father. His father has beat him in everything. So, if we are going to say that this Batman is just as good, if not better, than Bruce Wayne, he should be able to kick all of the Bat Family's ass. Because Batman can kick all of the Justice League's ass. So, if we're thinking about it in comic book logic, that should be easy for, for freaking Thomas. So... I wasn't mad about that because I'm, I'm thinking this guy's as good as Batman. Batman can take on the whole Bat family. Nightwing wasn't there. If Nightwing was there, I'd say this is a different story. But he's not. And I think he's one of the main people that is on par with Batman. But that's a whole different story. His name's Rick now. So, okay. One of your biggest gripes with... What was one of the first things you said? The Bat family, right? Okay. So we have to go back a lot. And I have a bunch of notes here. So, remember when freaking... Because you might have to go back and read a lot of this dialogue. Because I know if you were hating reading this because you weren't liking it, you probably missed a lot. So, remember when Batman knocked the fuck out of Tim in the issues before he got went crazy, pretty much? Yeah. Like, towards Nightmare? So, he didn't really hit him, like, angrily. That was a code. Yeah, which I think is dumb, honestly. How? How? I think this is. I think that's dumb. Yeah. I think oh, I'm going to like the because that was one thing that they were explaining while they were fighting Solomon Grundy and that other guy in front of that building. Uh, yeah. Thomas, I mean not Thomas. Bruce was in her dialogue was explaining this and saying, oh well, we have a code in fighting styles. If I yeah. if I do this, that means to go run away. If I do this, that means this, and I. I just think that's kind of silly and dumb, to be honest. But that is so Batman. It is. We're talking about a guy that if he gets put in his psyche, he has this thing called Ragazar or whatever that makes him become Batman when he's not even Batman. Like, that is how intense this guy has trained. And we see that in Grant Morrison's crazy-ass run, which is that yellow and red Batman suit. Like, that is an inner psyche of Bruce Wayne. I'm surprised Tom King didn't pull that out when he was in the Nightmare issues because I feel like, oh, I'm in this thing. I don't know. I'm thinking. I'm not thinking straight. I can become this Ralzar guard thing, whatever the hell it's called. And I think I'm actually saying the title from Bendis's character, to be honest. <laughs> but it's similar to that. So I had no issue with that because it's he. Another thing that Clay didn't talk about in the issue is that Batman talks about he at one point realizes that somebody is like 20 steps ahead of him. And Batman is usually that person. So Batman realized that he's so far behind that he has this secret code that he teaches his disciples, his Robins and everybody, that if we're in an issue, if something's too bigger than us, if we're being watched, we do this to go to a more secure comms location. So it is basically a contingency plan, which we know Batman constantly has. I thought that was really awesome because we hadn't been explained to why Batman knocked the fuck out of Tim. And now we're getting the revelation that it was actually a code because he knew he was beat at this point. Gotham Girl was giving him all the secrets. He talked about, we saw Bane at the very start of this series, hung, what, the three boys? He hung freaking Damien, uh, Nightwing, and um, Red, Hood. Red Hood from their necks. And I thought they died. It looked like they died, but uh, they didn't. 
And uh, so he knew how to get into the Batcave. So Batman knew he was beat. Like somebody was watching him. And then he realized it had to be somebody that was super powerful. And so if somebody could watch him at all times, then he knew that they needed to do something different. And he didn't train Gotham Girl at this point. If you guys don't know, the person that was watching them was Gotham Girl. He didn't train her like this. So only the OGs know this battle tactic. And that's why he hits freaking, you know, Dick. I mean, not Dick. He hits freaking uh, Drake. Drake. And so I thought that was really interesting. I was like, okay. I was like, so this is a plan. Like, this is a way to get out. And then he does talk about how he needed to be broken. Like, he obviously didn't want to. But the only way that he could figure out how to beat Bane is by to play the game. And you and I just had this conversation when it came to Joker because you were upset about the last issue. You're like, there's no way Joker would freaking go along with Bane's plan, blah, 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 blah. And I always mention that Joker and Batman are the same freaking people, just different faces. Like they just one has a code, one doesn't have a code. They're opposite. They're yin and yang. And Joker will play along with something until he realizes he doesn't have to anymore. And he'll he'll play it just for the joke. And that's exactly what Batman will do. If Batman needs to get the upper hand on somebody, he will play the game. And this is exactly what he did. But unfortunately, he played the game too well and he did break. Like, he had to get beat. And he got beat by his father, which that question got answered as well. He got beat in that cave or in that tunnel or whatever the hell they were in. He thought he was going to be able to find the answers there. He didn't, and he got beat. And then he crawled out of there, and instead of going home, because a lot of people were upset about that, they were like, why didn't he just go back to Gotham? No, he knew he needed to go somewhere else. And he was like, it pained him not to be able to go back to Gotham, but he knew he was broken and he wasn't going to beat these people, and that's why he went back to get... They talk about this, like, secret venom. Like, So another thing is, the way the thing that's revealed in this issue for the audience that's listening is Gotham Girl's powers come from basically Bane's Venom, a, but a super. I charge. was going to say a very, very yeah. high dose, uh, basically uh, steroid Synthetic. of yeah. Venom. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Gotham Girl never, she has never known this. Like her brother was the one that got it from Bane or bought it from Bane and said like, oh yeah, this is a vitamin or whatever the hell he told her. Like Gotham Girl is a naive character in this she's been taken advantage of the whole story she's very easily manipulated so she if you guys don't know anything about the gotham girl or her brother they became heroes because they didn't want to become victims and they wanted to save people and that's why they went out and spent all their money or whatever because they were almost victims at the yes at a very young age but batman saved yeah 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 Yeah, batman saves them so they want to be heroes and, of course, you know, uh, her brother ends up going crazy. He ends up getting killed. He uses all his powers and, like, can even fight the whole Justice League. That is how powerful this Venom is, which kind of blows my mind that freaking Bane's never used it, but it kills you. So it's probably why Bane's like, I'm not going to do this. So he sells it to people. And so, but he, since he knows that Gotham Girl's basically killing herself because she now needs this serum to survive, he uses it against her because he has it. So he's like, all right, I'm just going to use this to you know, keep her in my ranks. And uh, what ends up happening is Batman finds out about this. He finds out about this super serum, and he uses all his resources to destroy it, but keeps one vial for himself so he can test it and see if he can find a cure or whatever he needs to do with this venom. 
but he knows that Bane has access to the Batcave, so his none of his stuff is safe anymore. So he sends it to his like most like secret place, which is with his master or sensei that he trained with back up in these mountains. And it ends up turning out that Bane uses all his resources to find this last serum of Venom. He knows that Batman has this Venom. And that's what we see when Batman gets his ass kicked by some jabronis up in a mountain is that he says he's broken at this point. Like he's done and he goes up and he sees that his master has been murdered or whatever. And he knows the serum's gone. And that's when these guys get a jump on him. And he says he was just weak at this point. He had already been broken. He had been beat. And that is when Selena Kyle finds him there. And she's the one that brings him back to health. And then he goes on this whole rant about like he needed that. He needed to be better. Um, So I just, we find out, one, we get the answer of why Gotham Girl's working with Bane. Is because she needs the Venom to live and he's able to manipulate her. We get that answer. We got that Bruce got beat on purpose. A lot of people were wondering like, how the hell did he get beat like this? Like he's Batman, blah, blah, blah. He did it on purpose. Granted, he did end up breaking but he went into it with the intention of being broken. And so we saw that. And he also kind of learned about, you know, he doesn't need to do this alone. He learned that along the way. And then, uh, let's see. And then the biggest thing that we haven't talked about. Hold on, let me see. Blah, blah, blah. They got built beat back up. Did you have something to say, though? It looked like you had something to say. Well, no, I was just saying that, like, the whole thing is, oh, I have to be broken. I feel... Is just like the comment that I made with them, you know, punching each other in Morse code. Like, I just think it's dumb. Like, I... Yeah, but, I mean, what would you want instead? Like, I mean, it, this is showing Batman still being Batman. No, Everybody no, no. can bitch about, no, like, oh, Batman I'm, would be... The better story is that he got beat, and he just got beat. But, like... He did get I beat, I know, though. but just like, oh, well, I played along to be broken... And then I accidentally got broken. Like, that, I think, is dumb. No, but that's the... Like, the thing is, like, I get where you're coming from on that. But he was beat already. Like, he was so beat that he... All he could do was play along. And he had to go along with it to try to find a weakness. And he doesn't. And so he's broken. Like, he was that far into this. Like, there was no way he was going to beat it. And that's how Selena's the one that finds out that, like, oh, your serum or whatever you're looking for is about to be sold to Bane. And and, and that's, that's the only way we're going to And win. that's another thing. Like, until Joelle Jones tells us, like, how in the world did she know that he was going to be in the Himalayas? Like, there was just yeah. random stuff that we still need answered. And because, unfortunately, this whole year of the villain, I don't think we're going to get those answers, to be honest. And it's just one of those things that, oh, comic book knowledge, you know, you know, just yeah, leave maybe. leave it up to I comic mean, book. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. I don't like I said Joel Jones. That's a monthly comic. I knew eventually that was gonna get. It was gonna fall behind. Like there was no way there was gonna keep up with that. So that's just one of those things that happens in comics. But she's still kind of building towards that. So maybe we'll get that answer eventually. We don't. We won't. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll find out. It's up to her. But so we we got a lot of answers there so like a lot of things that were happening in this book like my biggest thing with this i know a lot of people are like oh it's dumb you could there are people that say this whole run is dumb which i don't agree with those people at all but to have all of this planned out who else does this to plan out shit from the beginning of this series and have it answered finally in one issue and it's not like an abrupt issue to where it's just like, oh, we just randomly answered these questions. Like, no. Like, the Tim Drake thing happened forever ago. He got punched out like six months ago. 
And it's like they're finally answering it and you're finding out that it was this intentional code. So they could basically Batman had a plan for his city being taken over and they have secret comms and everything to make all this happen. So the only thing that hasn't got answered in this issue is if Alfred is alive or not. No, they they answer that. They No, it, they, you think they no, do. They, Tell me where okay. it shows that he is completely dead. So, so here's the thing. It says here when the... This is all Drake talking. I mean, not Drake. This is uh, Duke. Duke is talking. Mm-hmm. When they are fighting Thomas, he says, uh, feel like you should know after Damien let us in, he told us what happened. Uh, we had a debate while we were waiting whether to tell Bruce what you'd done, let him do what he'd do. Bunch of us thought it would be right, watching him get that angry, watching him uh, bleed you, which that whole phrase, watching him bleed you, uh, and then he, uh, why don't we get a little bleeding also? I, that was just weird. I don't like that dialogue whatsoever. It doesn't sound like Duke, to be honest. But he is explaining here, it got to a vote. And finally, it came to Orphan, Cassandra. Yeah. And when she... That she decided for Alfred. Yeah. Yeah. So this is... So here's This is confirming, like, oh, okay. No, that's confirming that the kids think he's dead. Because if you go over here to the Bane panel, Bruce says this, Alfred escaped my father, creating the need for a hostage. Damien played the fool, and he went in and got captured. So, we don't but, know if Alfred's dead. But at this point, also, you also hear uh, Duke still talking. He says that we did not tell Bruce. So, Bruce has no idea. Bruce... Yes, but that's if the that's if Bruce told them. Here's the thing, because he says Damien played the fool. We could read this two ways, that Damien knows what happened, and he knows the whole plan, and he's going to go in there and actually do it. Because all that, all that Bruce said was, it, going back to 78 or 79, we know that on that mountaintop where they're watching the sunrise, Bruce says, Alfred sent the signal, he's safe, I've sent in Damien. It doesn't say, like, I sent in Damien, he knows the whole plan, he's going to go do all this. No, he knows his son to be crazy, irrational, and he'll just go balls to the wall in there to try to save Alfred. So Bruce, which he's done plenty of times in the past, he could easily be withholding information. Alfred could be safe somewhere, and Damien's just going in there to play the fool, which is exactly what Bruce says. So we have two perspectives in this comic book right now. We either have one perspective that Bruce is the only person that knows the plan that is going on right now, and Alfred, and Alfred is safe somewhere. That is one perspective. The other perspective is, well, and inside that perspective is what I should say, is that the kids don't know, and they think Alfred is dead. And that's why they're playing along and making the mistakes that they're making because, yeah, you think they should be able to beat Batman. So, logically, Batman is saying, hey, I'm going to let these kids who are kids and say, hey, Alfred's dead. Go wild on Thomas. Yeah, because he knows them. Like, he knows the moves they're going to make. He's not, he, they, even Tim says it, that's not their way to kill him. He knows that they're not going to kill him. I understand that. But when you put a father figure like Alfred in the lives of, I mean, Batwoman, eh, Orphan, eh, Duke even, eh. But to both Damien, Barbara, and Tim Drake, 
And you don't think that they would try some, especially Damien? No. I think Damien no. would. Damien has learned not to do that, though. Like, that's, there were so many issues with that. That's how, when he started, he was like, I'm going to kill people. Like, and Batman was like, that's not the way we do it. And that's how they bonded. And he knows that. And we even had Damien in movies and stuff have to leave to go learn his own way. But he's never crossed that line. Like, we know that. So Bruce has that much confidence in his disciples that they're not going to cross that line. And he's kept them out of the dark plenty of times. We know that. And if he needs them to act reactionally or whatever they're going to do, he knows they're not going to cross the line, but he also knows that they're going to protect themselves. So it's it's this whole thing is like, holy shit. Like, that's just new levels of like, all right, crazy. So there is no definitive answer if Alfred's dead right now. We just don't know if the kids are in on it or not. Because if you want to go from the other's perspective, like I was talking about, then it could be that actually, like, Alfred did die, and Bruce doesn't know. That's the other perspective. But from all we know is everything that happened on the island was before 77. Yes. So it could be it could be either or right now. But if Bruce is still commenting that Alfred is safe and Damien needed to play the fool, you could easily read that as in Alfred's safe somewhere. And we got the reveal. It doesn't need to show it yet. But we got the reveal that Basil Carlo was in Gotham City this whole time, could have easily been... If he was able to pretend to be the Joker, he could easily pretend to be Alfred. So we know Clayface is in this game. Now, we did talk about this a while back, that that could be a cop-out, and we'd be like, you know what, that sucks because it's been done before, but that is something we brought up, and that could be how Alfred died, but is not completely dead. So we know Clayface is in the game now. We saw that. So I, again, this is very different perspectives on this, but I thought the answers were awesome because it leads to this idea that you're like, holy shit, like you still don't know Alfred's alive right now. Like you don't because there's no clear answer. But I think that's what Tom King wants you to think. He wants you to think, oh, Alfred could still be dead, but Bruce doesn't know about it. So is that going to lead Bruce to kill his father or whatever? Like we're coming down to the final three issues or final four issues in this. And there's still a huge ass mystery going on because if it comes down to, yes, Thomas Wayne did actually play a part in killing Alfred, Bruce's true father, then it's going to be like, all right, I got to beat the shit out of my father or possibly kill my father because he killed my real father. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what's going to be happening in that. And I think that's, for me, a hella intriguing story. So I'm all about that. Uh, I can understand the confusion and stuff, but uh, going back to your point of you wanting to see the revelation of Gotham Girl... I don't really agree with that just because we've seen that revelations through the whole damn 85 issues that she's been in. Like, we know her story. We know how she got Venom. We know all of that. Like, we don't need to see her. There's nothing that King says here that would showcase that. Unless you want to see, like, her spying on everybody. But, I mean, if she has Superman power, she has X-ray vision. Bada bing, bada boom. Like, you know, we don't need to see that. Now, granted, I would like to see the Alfred reveal in a situation like that. I don't want to hear that read out. Like, I want to see, like, if they show the body or if he pops up to save them. Like, I want that reveal. I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, and then Alfred, you know, saved us. And now we're all eating dinner. Like, I don't want that. That would be fucking crap. But with Gotham Girl, I, as somebody who's been following the story forever, I know her story. Like, so I don't need to see panels of that, in my opinion. 
So I think we differ there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, personally, I thought like they revealed a shitload of stuff when when Clayface came out of Joker. I was like, oh shit! I literally like I was like, oh my god! Like I literally did that because I wasn't like I thought Clayface would have been Alfred to be honest. And then he was the Joker this whole time. And then just reading, like I said, last week's issue that we had that whole discussion about blew my mind. Because that means Joker isn't a part of this at all. He's just fucking running around Gotham being Joker. Mm-hmm. Like doing whatever the hell he wants. And Bane's probably like, yeah, I can't fuck with that guy. Just like we talked about today in Suicide Squad. You know, Joker wouldn't ever be a part of the Suicide yeah. Squad because he's crazy. Yeah. So, like, that just, it blew my mind even more because it just shows, one, it pulls... Uh, Carlo, you know, freaking Clayface from the detective story, which makes all that continuity. And, you know, Clayface has just been watching over Gotham. So he didn't even need the kids inside Gotham to keep it safe. He had freaking Basil to show him all the information to keep learning about what's happening in Bane's Gotham. And, like, there's just so many layers to the story that I fucking enjoyed this issue. Hated the art. Hated it. But I think the context and everything of just been reading this story for 81 issues, I thought it was awesome. So this is the first issue that we've super disagreed on, which <laughs> yeah, is fine, and, and, which I have and no issue with. Also, let me just say, you know, because, you know, there there are people that I know online that just blatantly, after Rooftops, mm-hmm. hate every single issue of this run. And let yeah. me just say. Rooftops? Was the wedding the the proposal? Yeah, like people hated it from then. You know, so so they really liked rooftops, and they're like, "Oh, I can't uh-huh. wait to see what comes from this." And then right after that, like was Warren jokes. Yeah, so they saw like yeah. a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. Now let me just say, for myself, I started reading this book at issue fifty. Yeah. I went back, read every issue, and was still reading at the time that they were being released. Excuse me. I have been up and down on this run. I really, really like some issues. I really read some issues and said, what the fuck? I read Nightmares and I said, this seems like a waste of time. And then I read the end of Nightmares and I was like, okay, let's see where this goes. And then I read issues like this and I'm just like, I have no fucking idea what this book is about now. You know? And I'm just, mm-hmm. I don't want people to say, oh, you're just one of those people that just hates Tom King. Because I don't. There are writers that I'm just like, okay, you have a really good thing going. Let's see if you can stick the landing. And sometimes they don't stick the landing. That doesn't mean they don't stick the landing for the series. That means they don't stick the landing for me. They clearly yeah. stuck, Tom King clearly stuck the landing for you. And you saw things that I haven't. But I'm also not a re-reader. I only reread yeah. things when I'm like, okay, wait, I was confused on that. Let me go back and read those two pages, and then, okay, cool. And it's still within my yeah. first read. I don't go back and go through issues and look through things unless I remember something. I'm like, oh, let me go back to that issue to see if I was right. So yeah. that may be something that is my fault, but, mm-hmm. you know, I can't. Yeah, no, and, and I get that. And that's the that's the thing with comics, too. I don't. I've always been somebody that if I enjoy an issue the first run, sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, let me read it again. Because I am not somebody that really enjoys the art the first go around. Because I'm so concentrated on reading that I don't necessarily care, like, too much about the art. Unless it's, like, something really awesome happening or the art is part of the story 
story structure, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, these next few pages are nothing but fighting. Yeah. Then I'm like, all right, I'm concentrating on the fighting. But with Tom King, he usually has, like this issue, a lot of information going on in these boxes, and it's a lot of thought boxes. And when it comes to Batman, I love that that idea of, like, oh, Batman's, like, thinking or he's explaining stuff. And I think that's what makes his character so strong. It's something Scott Snyder did in every single one of his Batman issues, still does it today. And, uh, you know, he's all about the thought process of Batman. And so I think Tom King's done that very well in these last few issues. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I was a fan of this because it finally explained a lot of things. And it just, it gave me what I wanted in a Batman story, showing that even when he's down, when he's getting beat, because there's a quote in here somewhere, and I'm not, I'll am not, i find it at some other time, where he talks about how you can't be arrogant enough, which is what kind of Damien is, you can't be arrogant to the point where you always think that you're going to be the best and that you can't adapt to things. And he talks about that. He was like, I knew I was beat, so I needed to learn to adapt and make my weaknesses my strengths. And I thought that was awesome because it's showing that he's not, you know, he doesn't have the powers like Superman. He can't just keep fighting. You know what I yeah. mean? Like Batman can die in one punch, like depending on who he's fighting. So he has to be so much smarter than everybody else. Which Tom King did. And when he's weak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, and then so, yeah. So like he has to make his weaknesses his strength. And that's something I've always admired about the character and why I think I like him so much is because, you know, it's it's kind of like life. Like if you're if you suck at something, you can either improve it or you can keep working hard to improve it or you can find a better way around it to make your life easier, to make your weakness in that area your strength. And I really appreciate that, and I thought that was really cool. Uh, but I could definitely see how a lot of people hated this. Also, this art doesn't really want you to have reread potential, so that doesn't help. Because, like I said, with those two Clay Man issues, I read both of them three times just because I enjoyed <laughs> it so much. But I'm also a big Batcat person, and a lot of people don't like Batcat. Yeah, so that's a lot of the stuff here. Uh, luckily, like I predicted, we're not going to see Ramita Jr. draw the Batman versus Bane scenes. Thankfully. So that is going to be a plus. Yeah, that is going to be a huge plus. But it's we Mikkel see... Janin, right? Yeah. yeah. Which I think Jan, yeah, he's done some really cool stuff. I enjoyed what he did with Catwoman versus he did the uh, first. Joker. He did the first Batman and Bane interaction in this run. Uh, Did he? Yeah. No, that was David Finch. Okay, so sorry, second, second. The yeah. one where he's yeah, naked yeah. and he headbutts him. That's Mikhail yeah. Janet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, Finch's was amazing though. Finch's was so gritty. Dude, and, like, I miss awesome. Finch on this book. And I I'm surprised he didn't come back. I, I would have really liked it if he would have bookend the book. Mm-hmm. But right after Finch was Mikhail, so I'm glad Mikhail was able yeah. to come back. Yeah, he's bookending. Yeah, I think I don't know what Finch is doing nowadays, to be honest. Is he at Marvel? Uh, I'm not too sure. No, Finch is not really... uh, He has, like, done some fan art, but Mm -hmm. I don't know what Finch is on, to be honest. Yeah, because I remember somebody asking, like, what do you want to draw besides... Oh, it was, like, some interview with, like, Slate, and they were doing... Basically, because I know Finch did some stuff in the wedding issue, or not the wedding issue, but, like, 27, whenever they proposed. Uh Uh-huh. He was the one that drew that, a majority of that. Um, I think it was him and Joel Jones, I think. I'm not too uh-huh. sure. But, uh, yeah, he hasn't been on since that time. But he was talking about he wanted to do Wolverine stuff, so I didn't know if he go he went over to Marvel or anything. Uh, 
But yeah, so I don't know. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Different opinions on this issue. We'll see what happens next with better art and the conclusion of this story basically happening. And maybe we'll get more answers to see what happens with Alfred. Uh, but that is the one thing about comics, which I think is really awesome, is two people can read the same comic and come out with totally different perspectives. And uh, I think that is either a good thing or a bad thing when it comes to writing. I don't know. It's it's all about perspective when it comes to these kind of things. Because uh, there are people out there that are currently enjoying Superman. And I would not agree with those people. So uh, that's just kind of the world we live in. But uh, that's going to be it, ladies and gentlemen. This podcast went way longer than I thought it was going to go. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be kind of crazy to edit. But there you go. That is Batman News Weekly, number 10 of season one. Uh, yeah, if you need to follow Clay on any of his stuff, you can check out all his stuff in the description. Actually, to be honest, you can only see that on Anchor. So I don't know if you can see the descriptions in Spotify and Apple. You so should be able I'll to. Have to see. I'll have to double check it. Yeah. But yeah. if you can't, again, I'm at Fanboy Clay on uh, Instagram, on Twitter, and then at CB underscore Legion on Twitter. That is my other show. That juice is actually going to be on this week, so go check it out. Yeah, so you can definitely go check that out. I think next week, too, Yes, right? yes, you uh, are. I think, I think I'm recording two of those back-to-back. So if you want to listen to other stuff that is not Batman, go check out that podcast. Uh, but yes, if you are listening to this on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, any other podcast website you get it ad free but if you want to hear it on youtube because you don't want to download these things all the time you can go see it on youtube it won't be ad free but it is there for you i upload those on sundays so uh, if you are a part of the podcast downloaders uh you guys get this a few days before youtube so uh shout out to you guys you're awesome but that's gonna be it ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for hanging out with us and listening to us ramble about the dark knight uh but that's gonna be it as always he is fanboy clay I am Juice Wayne. Remember, when you wake up in the morning, ask yourself something. Find my daily dose of juice. See you guys next time.